Hi again, everybody. It's me, J.R. Mann. Welcome to another edition of your Life's Work Podcast. Hope you're well. Big show today, forgiveness is social activism. Instead of standing on corners, screaming and yelling at the opposing team, or getting arrested in the name of whatever injustice you seek justice for, how about we start with your heart? How about we start with the internal dialogue that you have with resentment and contempt for people, place, and thing? I think it would be a good place to start, Um, so that's what we'll talk about today. If you are looking to retreat, I will remind everybody the retreat at Ridgewood is open for the 2021 season. Sweetness, spring is here. Uh, Tiny house is ready to go here. If you're looking to get your peace on, you want three, four days of silence, uh, silence coupled with spiritual direction, silence coupled with study, silence coupled with uh, getting your hands into the earth, uh, on a 173-year-old farm, we've got the place. Uh, go to jrman.com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com. Go to the retreat at Ridgewood page. Read all about it. You can see pictures of the tiny house. We've got uh, all kinds of stuff in the tiny house for you. It's a setup with a full kitchen. Um, it's got a little bathroom. It's got uh, a couple areas to sleep. It's got a loft with a beautiful new, brand-new bed, and it's got a pull-out bed uh, down below in case you don't want to climb the stairs up into the loft. And it's got the one ingredient that you're going to need to retreat, which is peace and some silence. And uh, if you're looking for something like that, uh, just contact me. Just jump on jrman.com. Or you can hit me, uh, name and numbers are at jrman everywhere, and we can get you in here. But like I say, the bookings are opened up right now. And uh, all meals included in the price, um, even transportation, if you're flying into the Cleveland area or the Akron area, uh, I'll come get you. I'll greet you at the airport with a sign that says, welcome. <laughs> Something like that. Um, all right, so just check that out. So forgiveness as social activism. So we have to remember that when we transform in love, divine space, when we're touching God, when we're touching uh, the energy of the universe, if you will, love, we will have a, there will be a, a real radical kind of um, movement and energy into justice. Like we, we will want to foster justice. We'll want to, uh, you know, calm, quell some of the injustices that the world faces, violence and slavery and uh, political and legal injustice and racism and, I mean, you name the isms. Um, When we start transforming in love, there will be a real call to get into the movement of justice, to practice justice. And we have to practice justice. It's not just a, the same way we would learn to love is the same way we're going to learn the practice of justice, the practice of making sure um, that we're taking care of people and that people are taken care of. Even to some extent, you allowing care to happen in your life, you allowing uh, yourself to receive love. So there's all these kinds of uh, thoughts out there when we talk about social activism. For those of you on spiritual tracks, for those of you, you know, really dedicated, if you will, or 
or uh, you know, cloistered up against a, a wisdom tradition or a religion, no doubt what I'm saying uh, rings a little true and just becomes a, a form of wisdom. Every wisdom tradition, every religion has this idea that we are out there making sure that justice is getting done. We're taking care of the marginalized. We're taking care of the people that can't necessarily take care of themselves in some aspects. Or maybe they can even take care of themselves, but we're just making sure things are fair, right? We're making sure things are the way they should be, a common spiritual sense, if you will, for everyone. Rage and violence, easy, and are cleaned up by those who hope for more and forgive into deep-centered change. Number one, rage and violence, easiest thing to do. It's the easiest way to turn when we're in opposition to one another, when we're in oppression of one another or oppression of another. It, it, rage and violence is it, it, as easy as breathing. It's as easy as opening up your eyes, snapping your fingers. It is a part of, of, of the conditions of really not being attuned to your own heart. And rage and violence can look physical. Rage and violence can can be verbal. Rage and violence can can be your thinking. You know, rage and violence can can hit pen to paper and be just as insane and violent as knife to throat, Molotov cocktail to window. So you know, I want everybody like right now to consider what you're oppositionally against. What is oppressing you? What are you oppressing? And how that rage and violence, how that anger and violence, how that anger and hostility works itself out in your own life. What is that? Where is that? What kind of manufacturing or manifestation happens in your own life? And again, these things are easily cleaned up. Like rage and violence is actually pretty easily cleaned up for those who do have a hope and are willing to forgive into the into deep center change. So that needs to be on the other side of that coin. Raging violence is easy and yet easy to clean up once we find uh, people, individuals, and groups that are very willing to forgive and move into deep center change. So I want you to know that those two ends of the spectrum come together quite easily once we find a willingness to move into forgiveness. And again, you know, I call this forgiveness of social activism, meaning the minute you start to decide, the minute you do decide to move into forgiveness, people, places, and things in your own life, ideologies, maybe religion. I know a lot of you are in deconstruction. And when we first get into deconstruction, particularly from the Christian religions, we're pissed off, angry as hell, F those people. That, that, that church sucks. Those people suck. That ideology sucks. That theology is wrong. Screw them. I, they better not talk to me because I got words for them. Like, you know, we do this. But the maturing of love is going to equal a forgive. It, it will rush into forgiveness. And as it rushes into forgiveness, it produces an energy that is willing to clean up the rage and the violence. It's willing to transform and rejoin, in some cases, the communities or deconstructiveness structures that have hurt or pinned you against the wall. 
Forgiveness is the very act of maturity for those willing to set sights on the long game of love. So forgiveness is maturity. If you've got your sight set on love, if you've got your set sight on divine, on God, if you're Jesus in, if you're Buddha in, right? If you're Sufi in, if you're, you know, into Jewish wisdom tradition, it doesn't matter here. If you're setting your sights on love, if you're setting your sights on compassion, forgiveness is going to be the work of that long game. That's all there is to it. So for those of you who say, I can't forgive, or I don't know how to forgive, stick to the course of love. It will happen, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but it will happen. It's maturity. It's the maturing of how you are receiving and giving love. And yes, it takes a little bit of work because you got to get in the mirror, y'all. For those lost to resentment, peace will never hold any value. Forgiveness will never hold any value. Only a self-righteousness that lives in disdain. So if you're lost to resentment and contempt, right? It's the rage and the violence is the easy. The self-righteousness, it lives in disdain. I am right, you are wrong, and the world be damned. You be damned, your group be damned, your ideology be damned, everybody be damned. You racist sons of bitches, you stupid Christians, you dumb political people. You stupid, like, this is what happens. We become so indignantly righteous that the disdain and the contempt become way of life. And again, my contention here today, y'all, with forgiveness is that if we lean into love and the maturity of giving and receiving love, learning to do it, we will have a rush to forgiveness and the social activism of it, the practicing of justice, if you will. What's the burden there? For those lost to resentment and peace, they'll never hold the value of love and forgiveness, only a self-righteousness that lives in disdain. And what's their burden? Like, you want to know how you can see that with people? The proving and convincing. The proving and convincing happens every single day, 24 hours a day between CNN and Fox. This is the best constructive understanding of it in our society today because you can flip it on and see it. What Fox is saying, CNN saying the opposite. What CNN is saying, Fox is saying the opposite. So it, that's just one construct. Now, there's others out there. I'm just picking on those two networks. But th- this is a real clarity. Proving and convincing is the burden of contentment, of contempt, of resentment, and that self-righteousness that turns into disdain as a lifestyle. So... We can have a whole bunch of happy presenters on either side of the fence, smiling and willing to prove their point. But the minute we get into the proving and convincing, the minute we make this courtroom, the minute we decide that ideological functions, the minute we decide that process and methodology is either right or wrong, and if you don't join, you're an idiot, is the minute that there's a burden heavily cast on you and you casting it on yourself. But that's how you see it, y'all. That's how you see it. So, again, let's point, get in the mirror real quick with me. Are you in acts of proving and convincing what you're up to? Your jobs, your relationships, your, your faith in God, your faith in the divine, your religion, where you live, where you don't live, what you do have, what you don't have. 
Are you quick to walk into a room of strangers and quickly, quickly move into mechanisms that make them like you and love you? Are you addicted to something? And are you proving and convincing you're not? Again, my contention as a spiritual director is you're aware of your shit. You know what's going on inside. For those of you who have active addictions, I know you know it. So denial is not the act of not knowing you have something. It's the act of ignoring something that you have. Which again, if we populate our lives with love and we move into a wisdom tradition that has peace and transformative understanding in the mirror. In other words, we're looking in the mirror and we're really trying to figure out who we are, who divine is, who God is, the greater purposes of love and relationships, the burden will not sound like proving and convincing. It's an exhaustive march through life to prove and convince. It's exhaustive. You will get tired. And for those of you who are looking for that, you'll see it. You'll see the exhaustion. And for those of you honest enough to understand the exhaustion, it's time to move on. It's time to move into love, it's time to move into forgiveness, and it's time to move into the practice of justice. For yourself, perhaps. Maybe you have to move into the practice of justice for yourself. Maybe you have to get the hell out of that church, that organization, that relationship. Stop that addiction. And maybe you understanding your own exhaustion right now in the mirror is you in an act of forgiveness for yourself so you can find freedom. For those looking to do something in our time of unrest, like you're looking to do something, like I hear a lot of people, I'm on calls all day long and I hear people, I want to do something. I want to do, I feel like I want to do something. Forgive. Start with forgive. Again, when we start to transform into love, there's going to be a rush into this idea, into this idea of mercy and grace for ourselves, for our community, for our relationships. So for those of you to look, to, uh, looking for do something, wanting to do something like forgive. That's what it is. Learn to free yourself from your own oppression. Then turn your sights onto those struggling with theirs. Learn to free yourself from your own oppression. Again, what is it? Is it career? Is it job? Is it relationship? Is it addiction? Is it physically where you are? Is it socially where you are? Is it your religion? Your forgiveness should be your social activism at the end of the day. I'm not asking for apology tours. Far from it. Far from it. Far from it. Forgiveness shouldn't just simply sound like I'm sorry, but forgiveness should look like the very act of sacrificial love at certain points. Forgiveness should be the welcoming of difference. Forgiveness should be the heavy contemplative movement of not only the past, but the present and how you want to process into the future. What does your life look like free of whatever oppression is kicking your ass or the asses of others? What does it look like? Maybe it looks like peace and ease, God forbid. So it's not just simply forgiveness as social activism. Hey, I'm sorry for X. Here are reparations for everyone. Please forgive us and let's move on. That's not it. Maybe part of it. Maybe part of it. 
But for the most part, we're talking about the liberation of your own heart and your mind. The ability to not hang on to the energies of contempt and resentment. Forgiveness is the ultimate form of peace and the ultimate weapon to fight hate, evil, racism, and oppression. You want to fight racism? You want to fight sexism? You want to fight privilege? Forgive. Forgive. Take the expectation off the table and forgive. And then practice that justice. Practice that justice of forgiveness. Practice an open heart. Practice an accepting heart. I'm not asking you to take shit and be a doormat. I'm asking you to move into the mirror and understand where your levels of resentment and contempt are and how they form oppression and opposition. Because what we really need is open hearts, accepting hearts, willing to move into sacrificial love. Forgiveness. Forgiveness knows we are the same even through our history, our tribes, our cultures, and our faith. Forgiveness knows we are all the same, even through the history and the tribes and the cultures and the faith. In other words, no matter what the ill is, no matter what the sin has been, no matter what the corruption has been or is, forgiveness gets it. Forgiveness understands it. There's no levels to it. One worse than another. When you start to open up your heart and you start to realize that forgiveness isn't just simply a clean slate because there will be accountability to people's actions. Of course there will be. It's not ollie ollie oxen free necessarily because some actions do have a heavier burden than others per se. But forgiveness gets it. When you come to forgiveness, you're going to understand unitive consciousness and that all people, all place, all things rattle, rattle with a little bit of something muck and stuff to them. And that unitive consciousness usually means that you become, in so many different ways, deeper to love, deeper to have grace, deeper to have mercy, and deeper to forgive. Because we're all ticking the same. We're all bleeding the same. We're all thinking the same at the end of the day. We're all flowing from God. And at times, we all get half-cocked enough to really screw the soup up. We don't need to bend a knee. We need to forgive. Our fight bloodied in the streets. I apologize. We don't need to bend a knee. We need to forgive. We don't need to have a bloody fight in the streets. We need to forgive. Both give and accept. Give and receive forgiveness. We need forgiveness to recognize justice and to practice it. We need forgiveness to do the work of clearing hate off the street and establish the power to change the world through forgiveness. Am I being too airy-fairy, too in the clouds, too esoteric, too Oprah-y for you today? Perhaps. But forgiveness through generations after generations and after generations has solved the bitterness of rage and violence. That's all, that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. Think about the people that you've forgiven. Who have you forgiven? Go. Think about that. Think about the culture 
Think about the faith group. Think about this, the tribe. Think about the people, the place, the system that you have forgiven. Have you? Have you forgiven them? What has come of that forgiveness? How are you doing with your own contempt and hate and resentment in the mirror? Are you exhausted? Are you sick of proving and convincing? If we want to clear the hate off the streets, we need to forgive and we need to start with ourselves. All right, so four things. Because if you don't have your four things, well, it's not, a, it's not, it's not good. We've got to have our four things. Number one, are you giving forgiveness? Are you able to emit, translate forgiveness? Are you able to do that? That becomes a big deal in the march. Are you even aware that you need to give forgiveness? Are you even aware that you need to ask for forgiveness? Are you receiving forgiveness? Have you asked for forgiveness? Number three, are you pushing oppression into the world? Are you fault-finding or providing a way to love through forgiveness? So think of all those things. Think of all those things very, very quickly with me again. Are you pushing oppression into the world? Now, how are you doing that? Well, hate, rage, violence, addiction, codependency, dogmatic religious principles, the idea that people are right or wrong. Are you fault-finding or providing a way to love through forgiveness? Because when you start forgiveness, you open up that pipe. And the fourth one, can you forgive? Can you do it? You may not be able to for the record. Again, a lot of people say, I just, I can't do it. And I get it. And I understand it. Pain and trauma and the volley of garbage that, you know, sometimes is pushed onto you is real. And it may take time. But is there a willingness? Is there a mustard seed, a dinky little opportunity, a dinky little voice that could move into that. And remember, when you forgive, I'm not talking about being a doormat. Or if, or, or, if you ask for forgiveness, I'm not talking about an apology to her either. I'm talking about the openness of heart, the learning to give and receive love. The challenge that you will then turn to the people around you and offer it as well. Forgiveness may be nonsense for you. It may be. It may be that there's a torment of the past, a trauma of the past that is so hideous, so incredibly outrageous, heinous, evil, that there's no way you can get to this table. I understand that too. I understand that too. And I'm not even going to do a but. I'm just going to say, if you can, Don't look at forgiveness as a way to simply cover the injustice. Look at forgiveness as a way to find freedom past the injustice. Because we just don't simply want to cycle through anger and contempt our whole lives. Because it is a pain in the ass, y'all. Contempt will turn into a lifetime. 
It'll turn into exhausting, exhaustion, exhaustion. <laughs> It'll turn into proving and convincing. It'll turn into such an egoic firefight that you will just simply burn out over the course of time. And that kind of loneliness is not fun. If you want to go deeper with this, you can always hit me back or just simply talk to a friend about who it is you'd like to forgive or who it is you'd like to get forgiveness from and then move on that. Sometimes asking is so difficult. Making amends is is super hard. But you can. If you are struggling with the inability to forgive, again, have a conversation about it. Get it out. Let it rage if it needs to, but get it out. And challenge yourself with the willingness to take in love for some freedom. Good people, I appreciate you on uh, my passion, the road on my passion, the journey with me. I love you. I love you more than you know. If you need me, jrjrman.com, jr at jrman.com. I'm a spiritual director. More than happy um, to have uh, bigger conversations about this with you. I love you. Until next time. We'll talk to you.